We commence today's show with Yumna Patel, the Palestine news director for the U.S.-based publication Manda Weiss, which is actually founded by the anti-Zionist Jewish brother Phil Weiss. Yumna Patel is based in Bethlehem in the occupied West Bank. I am pleased to welcome Yumna Patel to this program. Yumna, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's my great delight to have you on. Um, thank you for the time. Let me just jump right in and make the most of uh, the time that we have together. Um, this uh, this war is now in its second phase, I guess, if you uh, uh, want to quote Bibi Netanyahu. I don't need to ask anything uh, too deep uh, for starters. What do you make of what we're witnessing right now, today, in real time? Sure. I mean, as you said, right now, the way that that Israel and certainly the mainstream media are referring to to what we're witnessing in Gaza as the second phase of Israel's war. But what Palestinians, particularly those on the ground in Gaza, are saying is they are witnessing a genocide and ethnic cleansing happening in real time. You mentioned earlier the bombing of a densely populated refugee camp uh, yesterday. And I'm not sure if you've seen the news, but Israel bombed that same refugee camp for the second time today, less than 24 hours after that initial bomb that wiped out an entire neighborhood block. And as you mentioned, this is a refugee camp. So Gaza is one of the most densely populated places on the planet. And this is the largest refugee camp and most densely populated area within Gaza. And so the bombs that were dropped yesterday, while Israel claims, you know, they were targeting a Hamas commander. The reality is that at least 50 Palestinians were killed. Hundreds of others were wounded. Hundreds are still trapped under the rubble. And as Palestinians from that refugee camp were still trying to dig out their loved ones, Israel dropped another round of bombs today around noon local time. Uh, every day we're getting reports successively of more and more hospitals in Gaza going out of service and running out of fuel earlier today. Uh, the 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 Turkish Palestinian Friendship Hospital, which is the only cancer hospital in Gaza, it's a lifeline to around 10,000 cancer patients in Gaza. It was forced to shut down its doors due to fuel shortages um, today. And now Gaza's main hospital, the Shifa Hospital, and some other main main healthcare centers as well are saying that they are under imminent threat of being shut down because they have no more fuel to run their their generators. So to say that Gaza is facing, you know, a, a humanitarian catastrophe is, you know, would be the understatement of the century. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Just getting started. Yumna Patel is our, our guest. She's the Palestine news director for the U.S.-based publication Manda Weiss. Um, there are a few things she said already that I want to interrogate. Um, I was at an event here in Los Angeles um, over the weekend um, and, um, someone, it was a, a pretty uh, sizable gathering and somebody in that gathering referred to what was happening in Gaza as genocide. And there were a number of people in that audience who got up and just walked out and a number of them walked past me on their way out and they were yelling, it's not genocide. It's not genocide. This is not genocide. They rejected uh, wholeheartedly, um, the suggestion made by one person in that gathering that what we're witnessing is genocide, uh, ethnic cleansing. Here you hear Yumna Patel use those terms. I want to interrogate that when we come forward um, because there are a lot of folk who are just uh, put off by that terminology. I am not one of them, um, uh, admittedly, uh, but there are those who are concerned about that. And I want to talk about that. Uh, also, I don't know if you've seen this, this Wolf Blitzer clip that's circulating everywhere. I'm going to try to get my team to find it right quick. Um, but uh, Wolf is interviewing uh, one of the military officials uh, uh, on the Israeli side. 
and ask him about dropping this bomb on this refugee camp. If I can find this clip, if not, I'll quote it. But you have to hear exactly what he said to Wolf when Wolf asked him, but did y'all know that there were innocent people? Did you know there were civilians in that neighborhood when you dropped this bomb? You have to hear his response. We'll try to find it for you. You're listening to Yuna Patel on Tavis Smiley. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like freedom. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. I'm Tavis Smiley. Our guest is uh, Yumna Patel, the Palestine News Director for the U.S.-based publication Mondawise. We'll get to that clip in a moment here. They're queuing it up for me. They did find it. And I, so I just want you to hear uh, this clip, which we'll get to in a moment. Before I do that, though, um, let me, um, uh, Yumna, go straight to the issue I raised moments ago. And that is the issue of genocide and ethnic cleansing. You use those words without any equivocation or hesitation whatsoever. Others have done likewise. And yet um, the use of that terminology is calling all kinds of people to have fits. Um, For those who uh, reject um, the use of the term genocide, for those who reject the use of the term ethnic cleansing, you say what? Sure. I mean, you don't have to take it from me. You don't have to take it from Palestinians. You can take it straight from Israeli officials. I mean, the Israeli, the the official Israeli line and the rhetoric coming from from the defense minister, the prime minister, and even from U.S. officials, frankly, have been one of Israel's genocidal intents in Gaza, you know. From, from the beginning of calling Gazans human animals and saying be, we are de- dealing with human animals and they must be, be dealt with accordingly. From open calls to, quote, you know, wipe out Hamas. You know, it, it's easy for Israel to argue, well, you know, we're only trying to, to target Hamas. We're, we're targeting Hamas. That's what they argued when they bombed the, the Jabalia refugee camp. But consistently, um, and not just since October 7th, but for, for decades, Israel has embarked on a campaign, uh, a propaganda campaign, to equate the 2.3 million Palestinians living in Gaza, half of whom are children, to equate them with Hamas, and to essentially um, justify its its slaughter of Palestinians in Gaza, saying, well, you know, they elected Hamas, or uh, Hamas is using them as human shields, etc. So in Israel's own rhetoric and its plans for Gaza to, to, to wipe it out, uh, to make sure that Hamas, you know, never sees the light of day, calling Gazans and Palestinians human animals. All of this is indicative of what Israel's, you know, plans are with Gaza. And to go even a step further, we can go past the rhetoric, and we can also even look directly at internal official Israeli documents. I think it was just yesterday or the day before, documents were revealed from Israel's Ministry of Intelligence showing laid-out plans by the Israeli, by Israeli officials and Israeli intelligence officials to commit mass forcible expulsion and to move 2.3 million Palestinians from Gaza out and put them into in refugee camps in 10 cities in the Egyptian Sinai. And, you know, this is something that, that we've covered on Mondawise, and it's something that Israeli officials are, are outlining themselves in internal plans. They want to move Gazans mm. out of North Gaza, which they've already done. They want to bomb that to smithereens, corner Gazans into the southern Gaza, eventually, you know, extended their ground operations and aerial bombardment there, which, which has already begun, and then eventually push as many, as many Gazans as they can into into the Sinai. So when I use words like genocide and ethnic cleansing, and when, when others use those words, 
it's not, um, you know, you don't have to take it from us. You can yeah. take it directly from the, the Israeli officials. Let's take this directly from Wolf Blitzer. Here's the clip that I promised you. I think they've got it queued up. This is Wolf talking to a particular military official with um, the Israeli forces. Um, you'll hear it for yourself. I want to ask you first about this massive blast that we all just saw. We saw the video at the Jabalia refugee camp in Gaza. Is there anything more you could first of all tell us about how this explosion happened? Hi, Wolf. Thanks for having me. So we'll be coming out in the next, hopefully, hour with more data. But I can update you now that there was a very senior Hamas commander in that area. Uh, sadly, he was hiding again, as they do, behind uh, within civilians. And that's all I can see at this point. We're looking into it and we'll be coming out with more data as we learn what happened there. So can you confirm it was an Israeli attack? that uh, destroyed a big chunk of that Jabalia refugee camp? Yes, I can. We went, we were focused the again on a the... target, a senior, a senior commander wolf, and we'll be updating uh, you with more data as the hour moves ahead. But even if that uh, uh, Hamas commander was there amidst all those Palestinian refugees who are in that in that Jabalia refugee camp, Israel still went ahead and, and dropped a bomb there, attempting to kill this Hamas, uh, this Hamas, Hamas commander, knowing that a lot of innocent civilians, men, women and children, presumably would be killed. Is that what I'm hearing? That's not what you're hearing, Wolf. We, again, were focused on this commander again who you'll get more data who this man was uh, killed many many israelis uh, we're doing everything we can these are it's a very complicated battle space there could be infrastructure there there could be tunnels there uh, we're still looking into it and we'll give you more data as the hour moves ahead but you know that there are a lot of refugees a lot of innocent civilians men women and children in that refugee camp as well right this is the tragedy of war, Wolf. I mean, we, as you know, we've been saying for days, move south. Civilians that are not involved with Hamas, please move south. Yeah, I'm just uh, trying to get we, a little bit more information. Uh, you knew there were civilians there. You knew there were refugees, all sorts of refugees. But you decided to still drop a bomb on that refugee camp attempting to kill the Hamas commander. By the way, was he killed? I can't confirm yet. I'll, there'll be more uh, updated. He, yes, we know that he was killed. Um, about the civilians there, we're doing everything we can to minimize. Uh, I'll tell. I'll say it again. Sadly, they are hiding themselves within civilian population. And again, we are doing this stage by stage, and we're going to go after every one of these terrorists who was involved in that attack on the 7th of October. I've learned over the over the years, you know, of doing this as a broadcaster on television and radio to never insult the intellect, the intelligence of the audience. I often warn my colleagues and friends who are in this business uh, to, 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 to do likewise. Don't ever assume that people are stupid. Uh, do not insult their intelligence. I don't need to unpack the clip. The audience heard it for themselves. How do you hear that particular clip? I mean, when, when I saw that clip yesterday, I mean, first and foremost, I was slightly surprised, to, to say the least, um, to see Wolf Blitzer's line of questioning. I think from the start, we've seen complete complicity from the mainstream media, particularly from CNN, mm -hmm. um, serving as stenographers for the Israeli military and Israeli government. 
So, I mean, I think that was a very basic line of questioning, but in reality, that was the most pushback we've seen against Israeli officials from mainstream media outlets like CNN. And then, I mean, to, to his answer, it's just truly, sh- it's, it's shocking, but also not surprising, you know, the, the, the disregard, of course, that, that Israel has for the, for the lives of Gazans. You know, time and time again, Israel will bomb civilian areas knowingly, as it admitted in that clip and then disregard Palestinian lives as collateral damage. And I want to point something else out that 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 spokesperson said as well, which is that, you know, we've been urging for days for innocent, you know, Gazans not involved with Hamas to move south. So it's, you know, unfortunate that they stayed there as if that justified killing them. Mm. But what's really important to note is from, from you know, there there's a couple things. Logistically, you're talking about around half of the population that lives in northern Gaza. Uh, Gaza City, the most densely populated area of Gaza, is in northern Gaza. So Israel, you know, wanted about half of this entire strip's population to move south. Gaza, before October 7th, couldn't fit all of its people in Gaza. Now Israel wanted to force half of the population into the southern half of the strip, which is a logistical and humanitarian nightmare and disaster. And furthermore, we saw in, in you know, the hours and days after those initial orders to forcibly remove people from northern Gaza, we saw the alleged, the so-called safe routes that Israel had announced and deemed as safe routes being bombed and targeted by Israeli airstrikes. Since Israel uh, announced and that um, all Palestinians of the northern Gaza Strip should be moving south, Israel has continued nonstop to relentlessly bomb southern Gaza as well. And so we saw Palestinians who have evacuated northern Gaza be killed by Israeli bombs in southern Gaza. And so, you know, you can't blame the Palestinians for not... um, leaving their homes, because no matter where they go, if they stay in their homes, they're going to be bombed. If they go along the south safe routes, they're being bombed. And if they move to, to so-called designated areas in southern Gaza, they're, they're also being bombed. Yep. I, I've known Wolf for years, and I think if Wolf were here now, uh, he'd say we're friends. We've, uh, again, known each other and done all kinds of work together over the years. When I saw that clip yesterday, the first thing I thought, um, similar to your thinking, I, my, my, my mouth just opened up and I was like, wow. I said, Wolf? And, and, and the question I, yeah. the question I ask now is whether or not you think that in that moment, hearing what he was hearing, all of a sudden his conscience just sort of kicked in and he went down that line of questioning or whether or not you think that line of questioning was intentional, given your earlier point that the mainstream media has to be hearing from all kinds of Americans about the way they're covering this, to use your word, yeah. being stenographers sure. for, uh, for Israel. Sure. I mean, look, I would hope that Wolf Blitzer and the other the other anchors and, and reporters at CNN who have been acting as mouthpieces for the Israeli and U.S. governments, um, you know, would have had this this moment of, you know, awakening that that awakened their consciousness. But but as you said, what what I really think is happening is that the the American mainstream media, as well as the American government, is seeing how absolutely distraught the the American population is as what's happening, uh, how distraught people are at the the official line of our media and of our government that's that's funding Israel's crimes in Gaza. And we saw, you know, Palestinians in in Ramallah and we saw Egyptians at the Rafah crossing confronting uh, CNN reporters over their coverage. Um, and, and essentially kicking them out of those areas. And so I think what is happening is that, you know, uh, you know, as a response to the widespread outcry 
over over the media coverage of this um, and the the Israeli uh, sorry the American government's position. I think we are seeing a lot of these media organizations try to do damage control and are trying to do you know more sort of two sides the. Uh, types of coverage yeah. and you know they're they're starting to slowly give some coverage for example to bereaved palestinian american families in addition to the back-to-back coverage of the the bereaved families of, of israeli hostages in gaza i'm 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 cautious uh, about and actually hesitant uh, and reticent to use the word entertaining but that's exactly what it is if you want to be entertained today about a serious subject uh and yet just kind of <laughs> uh, sit back and laugh uh, Amy Schumer, uh, the uh, well-known entertainer, comedian, actress, uh, who is Jewish, has been doing a lot of posting lately. And she posted some mm-hmm. stuff yesterday um, uh, quoting Dr. King. Uh, and she was trying to make the argument uh, as uh, as to where King would stand on this. And she found an old clip of King talking about Israel. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you want to be entertained. I'm talking to the audience now. You want to be entertained. Just find find the chat back and forth. It's everywhere online. Find Amy Schumer and then find what Bernie's King, Dr. King's baby, said to her. <laughs> and I promise you, uh, it will it will it will make your day. Um, so Amy jumps out using a clip of King and then King's daughter comes back and says, hold up. Wait a minute. Uh, let me tell you what really happened here and what my dad really said and what my dad really meant. And she pulls another clip. So it's, it's just an interesting back and forth. But my, my point is mm-hmm. that in in this media space, people are using all kinds of of sources to make the points that they want to make, including sure. uh, including trying to, to to put words in King's mouth um, that he did not mean uh, or suggest. And people people have done that for decades. But in this moment, they're even reaching for Dr. King, this Nobel mm-hmm. Peace this Nobel Peace Prize winner. I might add, uh, a pacifist. I might add, uh, they're even trying to pull King into this debate. I digress on that. Let me ask this. My exit question with two minutes to go, um, Yumna, and I'm grateful for your time. Um, how, how much? longer do you think the biden administration since you mentioned them earlier how much longer can they go uh biden uh, secretary of state blinken how much state department writ large how much longer can they hold on to this policy that we all saw in this memo a few weeks ago uh not using the phrase ceasefire not using the word de-escalation uh they, they they're holding firm on that at the moment but i don't know how much longer they can do that Yeah, I mean, look, that's the question that I've been asking myself. That's the question a lot of us have been asking. We've been scratching our heads, you know, how many more uh, thousands of dead children in Gaza is it going to take for for the Biden administration to say, okay, this needs to end? And it's gone far past the point of the Biden administration saying, you know, we're not going to use these words like ceasefire or de-escalation. We have seen the Biden administration now actively advocating against the ceasefire and saying, quote, that a ceasefire is only going to help Hamas. Well, I, you know, I think the, the global consensus, as we've seen from protests across the world, in the U.S. and across the world, we've seen this in the polls as well, um, is that the, the, the global population and the people and the citizens of the world largely, largely are demanding a ceasefire and believe that a ceasefire would not benefit Hamas, but it would benefit the lives of millions of innocent people in Gaza who are being slaughtered. So I don't know how much longer the Biden administration is going to go, you know, through yeah. with this position and, and maintaining the unequivocal 
uh, support and funding of Israel's bombardment of Gaza. But what I can say is the longer that the Biden administration continues down this line, the more it's going to hurt them in the future. Next year is an election year, and I can't imagine any Muslim, American, Arab, anyone of of conscious on the left who would vote for Biden next year come election time. We'll continue this conversation in a moment uh, talking about the humanitarian crisis with Arwa uh, Demom uh, on Tab Ismaili. For now, we thank Yumna Patel, who is the Palestine News Director for the U.S.-based publication Mondawise. She is based in Bethlehem in the occupied West Bank. Been reporting from there for a number of years now. Yumna, thanks for your reporting. Good to have you on the program. All the best to you. Thanks for having me. My great delight.